Hey there, and welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hosman, and joining me today, a brand new rock star. We've met in person, so I'm excited to do this virtually. She's the CEO and founder of Homeplace Creative, Megan Adams. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Kirby. I'm excited to be here. I was looking forward to this all day. So thanks. (laughs) I don't usually get that. Usually this is like the thing that makes everybody uncomfortable. So I'm really excited that I get to talk to somebody who's excited to talk to me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, So I want to dive right in with, you know, I've been seeing, you know, your content on LinkedIn. That's where I tend to see it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love the messaging, right? You've been talking about the importance of storytelling and marketing. So I sort of wanted to start there. Why, why do you think it's important to do a good job of storytelling in your marketing? My answer to this is twofold. So I think we've heard a lot in the past, like five to 10 years, maybe about story brands. So I don't know if you're familiar with Donald, Donald Miller. Love yeah. Donald so create Miller. a story brand. So he kind of like was on the map. Uh, with that. But I think that story, so I also have a PhD. So I, to do my PhD, I researched digital storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so my research was really about the rhetorical agency that storytelling gives people, essentially it empowers people. Right. And so, and I was not looking at that in a marketing sense, that was just in a straightforward or more journalistic sense. Mm -hmm. But I got to thinking as I owned my business about how powerful that could be for businesses as well. Not only just to as a lot of marketers kind of associate it with this outward messaging towards clients, I think it could be really powerful also internally. Mm. So in turn in your organization uh, within your business to think about how you're telling stories, not only to build like again, relationships outside of the business, but to build those inside of the business and also to just clarify your messaging around things that we all know are really valuable. Like your value system, you know, your why, your services. We, I think business owners are really good and, and hopefully pretty comfortable talking about their products, Yeah. but we know, and I think this is why it's so popular is once you make an emotional connection with your clients or the people you hope to serve, like that's the thing that you can sustain over a long time, mm-hmm. which in business we know will allow us to upsell our clients or, and in a perfect world, become those clients then buy into our stories and become advocates for us. Right. right? So it's twofold, but I I think for me, what's been most powerful in our business and with the clients we work with is almost like through the process of working with us. And as we begin to determine like what stories we can best tell to attract our ideal audience, we start to learn a lot more about like our, ourselves, right. Yeah, our internal yeah. messaging or how we want to do that or why we do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's just, I think really, really powerful again, internally and externally. Yeah. I actually, it's funny. I, when we, when I was prepping for this, I was thinking marketing for external, but I think what you hit on is exactly right. The conversation we have inside our companies, you know, uh, delivering marketing joy is our mission, right? Like, so mm-hmm. obviously it's the name of the show, but it's, it's, our mission. And I will tell you, you know, you've hit on something when your employees start to say it back to you in a way that is correcting you. (laughs) Ah, That's awesome. (laughs) So like, I remember one of my employees saying back to me at one point saying, I don't think this is delivering marketing joy. And I was like, crap. Okay. Yeah. That's That's a great point. Yeah. So, but again, it was affecting our behavior internally because Mm -hmm. we were buying into what it's sort of what you were saying to our own Mm -hmm. story. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So what are some mistakes that you see brands with some of the brands you work with, or just mm-hmm. people that your organizations you see, what are some mistakes you see brands making when trying to tell their story? 
Sure. Yeah. I think that, I mean, the biggest mistake that I see at least it seems like marketing, just like every other industry is going through this evolution with the digital, with the internet, with social, which is just constantly changing and everybody's overwhelmed. Right. We all know this, but I think that if you can have that, those like brand stories, so those, the whys, the values, the, I, I like talk about, um, thinking like, your beginnings, like, why did you start or what's going Mm -hmm. on? Or who are your employees? Like, again, people start to buy into you and you build community around Mm -hmm. your service or your product. I see a lot of marketers still kind of, I think the biggest mistake is people still going, I don't want to say old school, but they're just marketing their products. Right. Right. So it's just sell, sell, sell constantly. And like, I don't think, I think we're all bombarded with that. And I like to kind of transition people from sell to serve. Mm -hmm. And so serve is like, I'm going to serve you. And for us, that's me. That's sometimes been like, Hey, we, like, we just had a client recently and we were like, we might not be the best fit for you, but here's somebody who is right. And so it's kind of thinking through, but again, knowing how you can communicate that to your ideal client or your ideal customer, I think is really the strategic way to do it, but it's a lot more work, right? Because it's not, I, I said this in the first question you asked Kirby, but to me, I see it as like, I want to build a long-term relationship with someone I work with because I really, for us with marketing, and you know this too, I really love to watch these businesses that we work with grow. So like these business owners and I, it really, it's almost like I'm a part of like this dream that they had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome. And then they grow and they expand and they're like, Oh, I don't have to worry about this because I've handed this off to you. And we, and over time we get to know them. So we kind of coax the stories out of them a little better. And it's the same thing with their, audience, right? Their audience is growing with them because they built a community around the messaging, if you will, the storytelling. Does that make it, sense? It makes total sense. It's uh, But it takes time. Yeah, It's like it, playing the long game. That's yes. how I like to say it. I'm like, you're playing the long game instead of the like, but, but it's also, re- it's a relief because in my mind that I'm not always trying to find new customers. I'm not trying, always trying yeah. to find new clients. Like in the end, they, again, in a perfect world, they advocate for you because you're yeah. offering them a wonderful service. So then that kind of frees you up to not have to worry about finding new people and constantly selling. Yeah. For years I said, you know, I'm trying to find 20 year customers. That's what I like. And, and, and I think that that speaks to what you're saying mm-hmm. and the book uh, by Simon Sinek, the infinite game. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That if, if he, and this as is often the case with me, someone else says it and it's like, Oh, that's what I mean. But he just said it way better. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, but the, the infinite game, the idea that we are, it's, there's not a winner and a loser. We are playing mm-hmm. that long game. And I think so many um, marketers, so many entrepreneurs, uh, they're telling the story that's really important to them. And I, you know, as a nod back to Donald Miller, they're making themselves mm-hmm. the hero of the story mm-hmm. as opposed to their customer. And mm-hmm. I do think that that is by, by what you're talking about is telling those stories. That's, that's, uh, that creates a relationship. And so that's, that's exciting. I think. Yeah. It's, yeah. and it's, you know, it's hard. Like I, um, and so thank you for mentioning LinkedIn. Cause I know like I started to kind of really, I told myself, I'm going to go all in on this. I'm going to see mm. if I can, if I can do this and I'm going to make myself a little vulnerable in telling some mm. of these stories. Yeah. And I will say that even though those, those, so a lot of the stories were kind of about my path. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get people to work, not just with Hope Police Creative, we're trying to launch like um, e-courses mm-hmm. and do more of that mentoring coaching model online. So it's sort of like, I I wanted people to know like, Hey, I'm not just someone trying to sell you something. Like I actually have experienced this myself, right? Like I'm at the point where I built this business up and 
I, I went through there. I was here and I, I went there. And so it was amazing though, Kirby, like in telling some of those stories where it showed like weakness or um, I was a little vulnerable about failure and not in like a, it was in a very honest, genuine way, right? Like, Hey, I know how this feels. Essentially. There were so many people that reached out to me and sent me messages or were like, this is exactly how I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you. And so these, again, playing the long game, like I, I made that a touch point with someone like, Oh, like, but that's me felt so that's why I keep doing it because I'm like, Mm -hmm. this person might work with me down the line. They might not, but at least Mm -hmm. if I nudge them to, Hey, you can do this too. You know, like, Hey, this is normal to feel this way in your business or whatever. I think that again, that sense of community, which we all need, especially what what we've been through the past couple of years. Right. Yeah. Like I, I think it just helps. Like even that little nudge will help people kind of move forward. And that's again, what I was like trying to say earlier too, is that having that larger purpose as an entrepreneur or business owner, like that's the thing that will keep you going, but it'll also help you figure out like what stories can I tell without like fat, like to your point, like fabricating it or Mm. without trying too hard or, you know, just trying to, and I guess my best advice there would be like, just think about who you want to serve with your business and like, how can you provide value for them? Right. And then that's where you start. I love it. I love it. So knowing a little bit about your background, because I have been Mm -hmm. apparently stalking you on LinkedIn. uh, (laughs) um, No, your background obviously is in journalism, but the way I view that is through video. I I always thought Mm -hmm. as a reporter, right? Uh, So I'm not making that up. Okay. No, not at all. (laughs) No, that's what I did. Yeah. So do you think it's important to use video in storytelling? Yes. Oh gosh. A hundred percent. So this is what we do over at Home Place Creative. And I will tell you, I know video is a hassle. Like we're recording this on video. So when you think about maybe someone's going to listen to the podcast, you're seeing the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. But if you're here on video, you're seeing our faces, you're seeing our head nods, you're getting like all of that body language. So video, even a simple video like this one, where we're talking to a screen, people are getting like multiple modes of of communication, so much richer. And so when you think of to me, video, and I, and I, I know everybody's like, oh, use video because the algorithm, I'm like, no, it, there's a reason <laughs> like it is the algorithm. Yeah, but the algorithm also- is just moving you toward the behavior you should. Exactly. Be doing, right? right. But I think it's just because video hits us emotionally because it's yeah. using multiple layers of media, right? Yeah. It's sound, it's body language, it's music. It's these powerful images where like all of those things work together on their own. You know, like you can have a video of an image and text on Instagram or on LinkedIn, and that can be very powerful. But video, I think all the hoopla behind it is because that is the thing that we know will emotionally. I don't know if you're like me, Harry, but if I see if a commercial hits me the right way on the right day, like I'm in, I'm the person that's like, oh my god, like some of those Olympics commercials with the moms. A couple, I mean, like I was, I mean, you know how it is when you see a good commercial, you're like, wow, you know. And I think that, and I. I think it's because it, again, when you, when we talk about building relationships with people, um, we talk about the power of storytelling, it's really tied to our emotions. It's that emotional connection that we can make to someone very quickly. And I'm sure you know this, but it's fascinating to see the neuroscience in the past decade too. So there's a lot of like neuroscience. We actually have biological, like endorphin reactions to stories. There's a, like, we have a, there's a reason biologically why we cry because certain like sensors in our brain go off when our emotions are pain. And so we've been doing this for thousands of years to retain information, but the neuroscience is starting to catch up. There's Mm. a great book. um, 
by Kendra Hall called Stories That Stick. Have you heard of that one? I have not. I, that, that sounds interesting. So she has a chapter on, on this, but you can, I actually went back and read the actual studies because I was so fascinated by it. But yeah, it's really interesting. There was a, a neuroscientist who was sitting on a plane watching Million Dollar Baby and crying. And he started to study it because he wanted to figure out why the heck he was so emotionally invested in this story. And he's <laughs> here he is as neuroscience, right? So yeah. it's, it's that part of it is very fascinating to me yeah. that it's not just like something that it's not, it's not a fad, you know, when people right. are like, Oh, video is a fad video is the algorithm. Oh, I need video. There actually is like a chemical biological yeah. physiological reaction to stories, which is really cool. I love that you brought that up. That is super interesting. And yeah, I'm the worst. My family actually, I'm a crier and I'm a co-crier. Okay. The, the worst is so like, if I'm sitting with you and you start uh, crying, I yes. am totally, and it's, it's, it's terrible at church, I right? Know. Like, I was just like this, can I just go one time? Yeah. <laughs> so like you just feel your, because yeah, it's like all that emotion builds yeah. up and I know I get it out the same way. Yeah. I'm the cool. same way. Well, that's awesome. So a uh, final question for you, uh, sure. just because again, I know you are working in the consulting space and then the marketing mm-hmm. space. So one final question is what's something that you are recommending people start doing? And I know it's different for everybody, but what's mm-hmm. something that you recommend people start doing today that might make a difference in their life or in their business for the better? Oh, that's such a big question. Can yeah. I, so I think like, um, I mean, like I could go, could I go totally out of the box or is it totally crazy? I I would say there's one thing that you could start doing in your life is if you don't have it already, have a gratitude practice. Mm, Totally. So yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I started doing this in 2019, like pre COVID thank heavens, because it is the thing that kept my sanity. So every day I just write down, um, in my journal and I shouldn't say every day, I'm pretty good at it five days a week. Um, totally. And I write down five things from the day before that I was Mm. grateful for. And I try to make them like when I first started doing this Kirby, it was like, I was writing down the same things like, oh, my health, oh, my family, oh, my house. But then I was like, to make this more meaningful, I started to really reflect on the day before. And then it became little things like, oh, my husband, Kyle brought me a a cup of coffee when I was sitting at my desk or Abram told me a funny joke. Right. So like my so as I started to do that, the cool, the really cool thing was it really helped shape my shift of perspective perspective for me. Cause I started looking for things then totally. during the day, I'm like, Oh man, I've got to write that down tomorrow. I have to remember <laughs> this thing so I can write it in my journal tomorrow. Yep. And, and then you also have this really beautiful, you know, memory. And some days are, as we all know, not as, um, harder to do that than other days. But if that's the first thing you do, you know, in the morning, it's a way to kind of shift your mindset from, if you're, you know, we all wake up grumpy some days, unless you're perfect. Right. But it's a way to kind of pull yourself out of that, you know? And I think, especially, like I said, in the past two years, that's, that seemed to, that practice just anchored me so much and being able to have the energy to serve people, right. To just be grateful. I think, I think you and I are kindred spirits. Uh, like I, I, it's funny. So one of the things I talk a lot about is, and it's essentially a similar concept is I talk about the first 60 seconds, uh, first 60 seconds of our day, because most of the time you wake up and you're living in the past or you're worried about the future and just Mm -hmm. spending 60 seconds as you wake up thinking about what you are grateful for in your life. And it really does 
recenter you. You should be doing the journaling and you should probably do it more than once a day. But I do find it totally mm-hmm. changes my perspective. Even if what I'm grateful for is the coffee that hopefully will wake me up, whatever it is, right. it, it does change yeah. from a, from a crappy mindset to a good one. And so I think that is great advice. Yeah. Man, so. Thank you. Yeah. Thank well, you. Yeah. My grandma. So she's 93. I okay. think she just is 93. She, she doesn't like to celebrate birthdays. So we don't really know, you know, she's one of those, <laughs> but she told me that, you know, I, I was talking to her and she was like, I was like, how are you doing Nana? You know, she's, she's in a nursing home. She's got some health problems and she's like, well, I can still go to the bathroom by myself. So it's a good day. It's a great day. And then she's like, you know, there's always something to be thankful for Megan. You know, she kind of, she's funny. She's got her one-liners, but she said that to me all the time, you know, like there's always always something that you can be thankful for. And I'm like, man, what a good mindset to have, you know, at that age. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you, Kirby. Yep. Well, Megan, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate this and we'll have to do it again sometime. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for your questions. This was fun. This was totally fine. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time.